0: Hey, everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Well, we've got another incredible episode for you today. Our guest is the one and only Dana Carvey. Uh, holy shit, I can't believe we got him. Brad uh, Brad met Dana up in San Fran doing a show. Uh, he talks about in the episode where it was uh, Robin Williams, Dana Carvey, and Mort Saul and brad uh was on the show and then got to hang out with these guys and uh kept in touch with dana ended up uh helping his son who's uh both of his sons now are stand-ups and uh, opening for dana on the road and brad built a relationship with him and, and helped his son out i think with a with a school project where his son was shadowing brad and uh kept in touch and dana was nice enough to come on the podcast and uh couldn't have been more entertaining man such a sweet dude Uh, anything you want out of this episode from Dana Carvey he delivers Uh, you know we talk about where the character of Garth came from uh, you know developing his impressions how he was you know a sketch guy that um, a sketch performer uh, essentially that uh, found himself uh, doing stand up you know just uh, out of uh, uh, you know wanting to continue to, to flex that creative muscle in front of a live audience but you know his his SNL days, uh, really, we get into, and it's uh, so fun to hear a, a guy like this who's who's been, you know, making us laugh for, for so long. Where uh, where he gets it from? How his uh, characters uh, develop? The the material he's working on now. Um, there's, there's really nothing we don't touch on, and, uh, and it was tough to not laugh at everything he said because he's so fucking entertaining. Uh, follow Dana on Twitter at Dana Carvey. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. And of course, uh, every time you you hear an episode, we're loving all the Twitter action you guys are giving. Keep tweeting at us every time an episode comes out. Hashtag ABLN Podcast, and uh, just tell us how much you love the episode. We appreciate the feedback. You really don't get to hear it too much. You, you guys, we, you know, we're putting these episodes out. So anytime we get any sort of uh, response from you guys on Twitter or email or whatever, it's uh, it's really awesome. So keep doing that. Of course, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, download all the podcasts on your, uh, uh, your iPhone or your Android. You can stream all the episodes at aboutlastnightpodcast.com. Tell all your friends and family. Tell them to get the podcast. Tell them what kind of guests we've had on, man. It's it's really, uh, the, the, the more fun that we get to have here and you guys get to have makes us want to keep getting cooler and cooler people to uh, to sit down with us, and uh, and it's only going to get better. Uh, we've got John Krasinski coming up from the office, Jason Alexander, who of course played George on Seinfeld, I can't wait for that, uh, Nick Thune, incredible comedian, uh, Dom Herrera, legendary comic whose stories will just blow your mind, Jerry Ferrara, who plays uh, Turtle on Entourage, of course that movie's coming out in June, so uh, it's just going to get better and better. Uh, Of course, go to AstoyMerchandise.com and get all your uh, ABLN merchandise, shirts, tank tops. We've got a few of those on there. Uh, You've you've got a few more days before the holidays. Get them at AstoyMerchandise, E-S-T-O-Y, Merchandise.com. They make great stocking stuffers or Hanukkah stuffers or just fucking cool-ass shirts or tank tops that you want to wear because you love the podcast and you want people to know that you love the podcast. Right? You wear shirts of your favorite bands. Why can't you wear shirts of your favorite podcast? I just made that. I just made up that little business pitch, but that sounds great. Pick up an, a- an About Last Night t shirt. You wear your favorite band shirt. Hey, you wear a shirt of the Goo Goo Dolls. Why can't you wear a shirt of the ABLN podcast? I don't know who that was, but. But he he makes a good point. Of course, a few more tour dates before the end of the year. Brad will be at the Kansas City Improv December 31st uh, at 7 and uh, 10 o'clock. Get your tickets at improv.com. I will be at my home club, The Parlor Live, in Seattle, Washington, December 26th and 27th. 7.30 and 10.15 are the shows. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. I haven't done a hometown show in two years. Please get your tickets at parlorlive.com. Come out and see me. i got tons of new material Uh, December 26th and 27th, Parlor Live in Bellevue, Washington. Going to be a blast. And then, of course, I'll be headlining the uh, Laugh Factory at the Tropicana Casino in Las Vegas, December 29th through January 4th. That's New Year's, baby. Come party with me on New Year's. Let's do it right. Ring in 2015. It's been an incredible year. Brad and I could not be more grateful for all the... uh, uh ABL and listeners that have uh, been with us from the get-go, uh meeting you guys at shows. I met some uh some listeners, some fans in Ontario a few weeks ago. Uh a real sweet dude who who's been listening to us from the get-go and uh so cool to hear that man and and to hear you know what he loves and he was even telling me he was like in the outro song man I'm not such a fan of it and I was like oh, fuck off. No, it was uh it was uh it's you know it's just great to hear Hey man, positive, net whatever. Like the fact that you like have criticism at this point is cool to me because that shows that you love the show, man. It's uh, you know you you got to love something to to have an opinion about it, and um, and we appreciate, it, man. We 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 love doing this podcast. Brad and I have have really grown to becoming great friends through it, and uh, and I hopefully it resonates with you guys, and uh, and we don't want to stop doing this because it's a blast. So keep listening, keep subscribing, keep telling your friends. Uh, but for now. Since that's all the tour date info, that's all the merch info, those are the Twitter handles. So now, ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and enjoy an incredible 90 minutes with one of the best uh, entertainers in the business. You know him. You love him. The one and only Dana Carvey. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. What the podcast, during lunch, dinner, or breakfast, Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day, so come on and treat yourself right,
1: it's about last night. Do it like
0: this. Yeah, we just get right into it.
1: Yeah. No, but I mean holding it. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Have oh, do, fans, yeah. So yeah. Did you want a mic stand? Not at all. No. Oh I boy. Feel like I feel like I'm gonna. Climb. Off to a, uh, to a to a to a rough. So anyway,
1: start. Um, yeah, yeah. here's kind of the surprise of the day, just sure. to start off. Yeah, yeah. Mm. This actually, I've got the room wired, and Brad <laughs> oh, is actually on my podcast right now wow this is like the inception of
2: podcasts yeah, right now yeah, it's a podcast you like, did have a weird i like of- the
1: reference <laughs> yeah it's oh, an no.
2: interstellar <laughs> yeah. inceptional and so yeah.
1: by the end of it no one's gonna get what's what, what <laughs> right. was going on brad and i saw have you seen interstellar oh of course i would yeah. see yeah. any science fiction. i watched okay so you the, the next day oh wow here yeah because yeah. i wanted to what was that like Um, it's just abject genius. Yeah. (laughs) It's sort of like the, uh, I'll try to sound intellectual. The aesthetic (laughs) audio and visually is so overwhelmingly the message. And that's why it's a movie that resonates Mm -hmm. uh, for so many decades and will keep resonating. I don't think you could do that now. I mean, just kind of grumpy old man type. Talk, you know. <laughs> they can't. The technology's not there. <laughs> Although I liked I liked the, you know, I like, I like science fiction. I like any smart science fiction. Uh, alien and a, aliens, maybe not, but Alien. I liked, you know, yeah, I like. Um, what close about iRobot? Uh, didn't catch that one. Okay. Yeah. Oh wait, I think I did. With Will I, Smith? I loved. I liked. Um, yes, I yeah. did like that. I did too. I liked. Um, Although, I, I, yeah. pl- for my kids, Planet yeah. of the Apes. Oh,
0: incredible. -hmm. Blew their minds. Yeah, right.
1: Before that, um, let's see that. Well, there was Soylent Green, loved it. Logan's Run, loved it. Yeah, so I like science fiction.
0: Yeah, Planet of the Apes was one of those movies where the CGI was so good it took me a few days to adjust to reality, where I was like. Outside of a quiz, was like that. Those are those were fake apes, right? Like we're, I'm safe here.
1: <laughs> Can an ape make a doll that speaks? This is the forbidden zone. Humans have always. I mean, when you look at Rod Serling yeah. who did the rewrite, he's, his fingerprints are all over it. Especially the genius of the Statue of Liberty. Oh means. yeah. My God. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. who was better than Charlton Heston? So good as well, I mean. the pre-male worship body yeah. on camera, <laughs> where because you, you, you'd have Steve Reeves. He'd be all pumped up and shaved, and he'd look like an idiot. And then that, now that's become a new religion. The male torso is bigger. Yeah. A bigger deal than the female torso. Never thought I'd see that. Grumpy old man in my name before you kids were born. Hey, how is the echo in the room? Uh, I think it sounds all right. Okay. Yeah, I so. I mean, we'll this is just referred to as the bunker. Mm-hmm. In yeah. Hollywood, California is where we are. Yeah, I love it. This, is the, a, this place it, came furnished. Yes, and it is kinda of Kubricky, isn't it? Yeah. It's a little bit But I'm a fan. It's um a it's lot of just, shapes. Yeah, I mean, it's just high ceilings. We're totally opposite. We have like a little gingerbread 1909 wooden house up there. It mm-hmm. sways good and it would, during seismic activity. <laughs> Important. This one will probably withstand it. Because
2: yeah, uh, you were telling us earlier before uh, before we came on that you just kind of moved down here. And uh, yes. you're spending more time here because uh, your sons are now getting the stand-up.
1: My sons are in stand-up. When I was raising them up in Northern California, I'd go out and do stand-up. And I was always trying to get back to To be with my sons yeah. mm-hmm. and be a, a present dad, yeah. and uh, now they're with me, so it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm already with them, so they yeah. were with me at the Irvine Improv last night. So we've been doing gigs, and I, um, yeah, I just consider myself. I, I'm pretty simple. Like I, I shop at the. Gap. Are you? Yeah, I, I'm like. I could live in this or something mm-hmm. else. I, I don't know. I, you don't
0: need much to, to get by. I
1: don't know why, and I'm more shallow than anyone I know. It's not self-congratulatory. <laughs> I have a Honda Pilot. Um, yeah,
0: it was weird you gave us a copy of uh, your headshot and resume when we walked up. I was like, dude, we know what you've been on. But.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> my tactic in the 80s when I was reading for things as oh, yeah? an unknown person was to never have a headshot. Okay. And So I would be the guy without a headshot. What I would do is I'd memorize the script. Then I'd crumple it up, put it in my back pocket. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I went in to meet them. I would pull out like three of them sides and go, which. Which one is this? I didn't really... I got to go in a second. So I was trying to create power and oh, sure. I didn't like, have Oh, it. hey, I'm busy. I yeah, got, like, I got what is this again? On. You're Paul, what, Newman? Nothing? Nothing. <laughs> 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 I did read for Paul Newman once. really, yeah, And John Woodward. You know, Whoa. I was How horrible. I couldn't even speak. How intimidating was that? Well, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I couldn't even talk, and they paired me with a woman who's probably a really good actress. Mm-hmm. I came in. John Woodward had the dog. Paul Newman was there, you know, and he was incredibly nice. Yeah. And then I just couldn't speak. I basically was horrible. And I go, well, that was nerve-wracking. We got outside. And she goes, you blew it, man. <laughs> How would you handle... You blew it for me.
0: <laughs> How would you handle auditions? Like, would you... If you uh, did kind of have that uh, scenario go down, would you try to save it with a laugh or something or try to do something... I would, but I
1: bomb. I I mean, sometimes I get feedback. Not only do they not want you for the part, you frighten them. (laughs) (laughs) I I was I was old for a hundred. Many probably I tested for Amadeus. Wow, I (laughs) mean, either one of the most of course incredible. I read for risky business. I was an I was a twenty-six-year-old, but I was reading with uh, Eric Stoltz, Matthew Broderick. They were eight years younger. Okay, you know. And I tested for um, God. What was the one with Matthew Broderick? Were there nuclear secrets? I don't know. So anyway, uh, uh, war Games. Yes, I tested. It was just for War Games. It was me and Matthew Broderick. Oh yeah. God. But I looked a little too old. It was I was? 20. It
0: really does come down to look at the end of it, doesn't it? Like when you get down to that. Like I just lost yeah. out to something, some Ken Jeong MTV show, and I literally was like, "There's no way I'm not going to get this." Just for how I felt it went. In the uh, yeah. And then they brought in a kid who was blonde and long hair. To get it and it was between and he wasn't even testing in the room yeah. but it was just they were like they didn't think you looked like the type of girl guy that this girl would date
1: well once you're on the other side of the desk where people are coming in mm-hmm. and auditioning then you really see the folly of it and I, I always sure. want to tell everyone Everyone here is in a range of pretty much the same, yeah, I always thought that Brando had read just before me emotionally, <laughs> yeah, yeah Just yeah. Pacino was just yeah. it. now it's me, but I realize everyone just kind of reads lines, yeah. most acting's terrible mm-hmm. it's just acting. <laughs> How you yeah. guys doing? I don't yeah. know every yeah. Right. should we keep you know yeah. yeah so yeah, because when you had the uh
2: Dana Carvey show, then you were kind of. Then you wore that hat, and you got to cast people.
1: Yeah, and um, it's one of the weird parts of my existence on the planet is that having my my classmates from that post SNL become such comedy icons. Yeah, Steve Carell Carell and Colbert, Colbert, and of course Louis C.K. Oh, that's right. Louis was on that. And show, And I remember too. meeting Louie over at Brilson Gray, just one on one, to see if I would was be willing to hire him as my head writer. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't that funny? And uh, now he's the best stand-up.
0: He is, isn't he? Uh, okay. Around right now. Did, did you pluck him out um, uh, by yourself? I mean, did no. You
1: s- really, a lot of a lot of that stuff came through Smigel who had written with, with, with Conan and I worked with on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Rob the, Boy, the triumph, the, 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 the yes, awful Yes, and one of the, probably the best, top to bottom, if you had to get a sketch writer for a show, mm-hmm. probably start with Smigel. Okay. And I've known a lot of brilliant ones. Um, but Corell came in, into the room. It was me, Louis, and Robert. And um, he was kind of nervous. He just didn't really do that well. But, you know, I looked at a tape later, and I said, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. this guy there's is, a sketch that uh
2: uh i think has kind of come back in popularity via youtube and because steve has uh, now it, shot to popular the, popularity, yeah, the uh, germans know. that say nice things <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and it's just awesome it's it's so good and you see them uh you you see you yes. and steve in that sketch and i i think you could really see it in him that he's got something there
1: yeah and he also did um uh Nauseated Waiters, which they both have said got them the Daily Show. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, when I run into them, I go, come on, guys, you would have made it. They go, no. They say, at least maybe they're telling me, you know, we really needed that yeah. at that time. Because yeah. they've been passed over. They were in their early 30s. Mm-hmm. But um, when I did The Germans Who Say Nice Things, was pure Steve, just a brilliant, simple, you know, right-to-camera thing. He was like John Lovitz, barrel-chested, or is. And so... He would do it, and i go, okay, I'm going to see, can I just be as loud as he can, yeah. and never quite make it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <you> guys, <laughs> he could always be louder than me. It was a pleasure babysitting Kevin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the, the the sensibility of that show and the sensibility of those guys uh, really, really enjoyed it. It was just very fast. Yeah. It did not belong in primetime <laughs> network television. Well, I mean, you,
2: you say that you were uh, not cast in so many things, and you went out for so many things, so... When like, how does SNL then? Do, how, how how do they discover you?
1: Well, it's such a long thing, and I, I was talking to Dennis Miller about it. Um, that because Steve Martin's book was such a, I thought such a cool. Yeah, like, yeah. Just For, here's more, ten years. Here's where. Yeah, yeah, I was at Notchberry's farm, and, and and now I'm the biggest comedian in the country. My journey was so bizarre <laughs> because of my. Uh, insecurity and lack of clarity as to who I was. But suffice to say, this is what happened. I started mm-hmm. doing stand-up. And then I, L.A. or Hollywood kind of recruited me from San Francisco. I had a deal with NBC. I was on put-in shows. I was on uh, the Marie Osmond Variety Show. Nice. Wow. And um, I was there when um, she did a love duet with Jeff Conway from Taxi. Oh, yeah. And then they did a kiss. Uh, this is in rehearsal, mm-hmm. and uh, they kept kissing and kissing and kissing, and all the brothers came from out of the shadows. Marie, Marie, Marie. I was in a, a pilot call alone at last. with Gene Roach. Every time I got a phone call, I thought I was fired. I was in one of the boys with Mickey Rooney and Nathan Lane. You were a mime in This Is Spinal Tap? I was a mime and This Is yeah, Final Tap. With Billy so, Crystal. So good. <laughs> with Billy Crystal, mime is money, yeah. Yeah. I read for those guys, uh, you know, who were also brilliant, Harry Shear and everything. Yeah, and yeah. Ra- so there I was coming in and... Again, same thing. I, I said, wow, this is so nerve-wracking. You guys are all loose and fun. And I'm, <laughs> so they just left the office and then mm-hmm. said, you sit there and we'll come in. So they were very cool. To yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, oh, I was okay. going to be the drummer who blew up and stuff, <laughs> but somehow they gave me that part. It was very nerve-wracking. Oh, they said, uh, you can stay here and not speak. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly, so I didn't get a speaking line so you, were do, so you were auditioning a lot and just trying to find your voice I was in, in uh,
1: Blue Thunder with James <clears> Ferentino I had two tracks, I was in LA and they kept Anytime they put me want to put me in something, I'd say yes Like mm-hmm. an idiot And the other side of me, I was just developing the stand-up yeah. In the San Francisco scene, like crazy Like Churchley, all this stuff was happening But Hollywood would say you want to do this And then finally they offered me a spin-off of Punky Brewster Called yes. Fenster Hall it was 30000 back in the day, and uh, that I did turn down. And then I went back to San Francisco. Mm. I just did stand-up. I'd kind of given up. The final thing I did was um, uh, Tough Guys, Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas's last movie. Wow. Again, as the straight man. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was going to be funny. Jeff Canu was the director. I said, "Wouldn't it be cool if I gradually start to take on their mannerisms?" Yeah. So, you know, I kind of start to talk like you know a little bit, but Lancaster. <laughs> How are you, fellas? You, you sound different. You know, <laughs> I don't know why you sound like that. My kids don't really know those guys, but right. they love when I do them. Because, I was just just, ask they you. just go, "Those yeah. guys should be movie stars." <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think they have a future. Or yeah, maybe a past. It, I don't know. Something about a guy who talks like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: incredible. Yeah, do you ever cater to your impressions like when they were growing up? Like, would you like try to do like a like a SpongeBob or like the things that they were into just to? You really... mean when
1: I was growing up, or no, when...
0: when we were kids were growing up?
1: Oh yeah, I mean a little bit when I was really in my sort of uh, alone years and my wilderness years and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'd mm-hmm. still have that outlet, so yeah. I had Winnie the Pooh. Shampoo and stuff, and they'd be in the tub Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah The trouble, the thing about the girl <laughs> you know. And then eventually they go, Dad, could you kind of talk regular? <laughs> I didn't really like that But then shortly after that, because i have been doing the stand-up I was very lucky to get Saturday Night Live And that was about a 10-year period of doing all these ridiculous TV shows mm-hmm. But I've,
0: So you put in a ton of hours, and you were like kind of do, do you feel like you were ready when you got it? Because I know uh, No <laughs> Okay Oh, no kidding well, Terrified, the- I'd never done sketch comedy so your stand-up, you were working out all your characters and impressions through your stand-up. Yeah. But, you, but that's just by yourself. And that's a completely different beast, right? To be
1: Oh, oh yeah. Well, the first sketch I ever really did, formal sketch, was the cold opening of Saturday Night Live. Holy shit. Now they bring in mm-hmm. people and they're in the JV squad for like three seasons. And then yeah. they're a feature But play- this, this is my first sketch. And I kept wanting to look at the audience every time I got a laugh. I had to go look at Phil Hartman, look at Jan Hooks. You could look it up. I kept going, get a laugh, look to audience. (laughs) Oh, man. So we were just thrown in, and I had no – I just got sick to my stomach for two months when I found out I got it. Well, I mean, uh, uh, people also need to realize when you came in, your cast,
2: that was right after Lorne had left but then was coming back. And yes. That was after uh, people had said the show was dead. That was like the Robert Downey Jr. year. The, yes. Yeah. So it, it, I think in your in your class was Hartman, Jan Hooks, yourself, mm-hmm. Kevin. Uh, yeah. Ke- Kevin was a feature player. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you guys essentially were that cast that saved the show. It was going. It, Thank like, you. Yeah. Like yeah. Like you had you had Randy Quaid as like a. Feature player on Saturday Night Live. It, it wasn't was exactly working.
1: It was a star-studded thing, and they they all got fired, and that was just the <laughs> incredible whimsy of me being around at that time. And they mm-hmm. were going to recast. And looking back on it, well, we were told the show for the first and only time didn't have a full season pickup; that we only had an eight-show commitment. Wow. And that was the only time in the forty-year history. So we were told by Lauren and, and Dinah Minot, that one of the producers, "You guys got to hit the ground running." Or you'll be the cast that turns out the lights on 8-H. Oh,
2: shit. Holy so, shit. Yeah, no pressure there.
1: Uh, I, I know. And I just I looked around, and I, I always thought of the early cast um, who everybody revered as badass pirates. They might yeah. slug you in the face or make you laugh. Yeah. Like Blue, she might pull a knife from you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or Bill Murray might just beat you up. <laughs> well, and then I mean, I, <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, we all know... Nealon loves to pull knives on people. That, that's just what he does. Well, Nealon, when I was doing the commercial <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Kevin's a big guy, yeah, yeah. forty seven oh, yeah. and then he had the Hans and Franz thing. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. people kept saying, "Well, is Aaron Rodgers a pretty big guy in person?" I go, "Not really, <laughs> <laughs> not next to Kevin." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. Kevin Nealon, <laughs> the oh, comedian. Yeah. Now there's a monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was
0: terrifying. Did you uh, have anybody any like uh, older statesman kind of uh, you you know the way like I always talk about this with stand up where it's like when we find uh, uh, early on any young comic finds an older comic to you know mentor a little bit and like I feel like if you get on the show and you're terrified did like you know did Bill Murray come in and go hey man I see some promise in you like here's some tips just to like know or do you have to just figure it out.
1: Not really. Dan Aykroyd visited, I think, and just told us all about finance and how to invest money. <laughs> he was like, uh, I got this idea for vodka that <laughs> yeah, comes, uh, exactly. comes out of a skull. You guys are going to love it in 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it was Lauren in a way. He was the guy you would look to, and when he'd make these references, he would come up with a sketch, and you'd be like, well, Danny had a similar thing, you know, Dan <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aykroyd. He yeah, never yeah. gave you the full name. Yeah. Steve, Martin, yes, yeah, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Simon? Yeah, 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 it, yeah that guy. <laughs> it was all terror. It was all... It, the luck of what stand-up did for me is that I'd done... Let's just take the example of the flukiness of yeah. the Church Ladies explosion for a lot of reasons. Um, I had really worked that rhythm out in the small clubs in the Haight-Ashbury 80-seat club. So I kind of knew, even though I was terrified, I knew where the rhythms were. And I knew mm-hmm. that... Well, well, isn't that special? I'll just say it. It's a <laughs> yeah. little song. And... That sketch was barely made it on the first show. I'd never worn a dress. I had to keep telling everyone she doesn't have. Per- she's just androgynous, you know, mm-hmm. no padding. Because yeah,
0: you're bringing in this character, but the- then the costume and Lauren are gonna yeah. have their own ideas about how to.
1: Yeah, but Lauren's he's pretty good about okay, you do your thing, you know, whatever. And yeah. it was the last <laughs> sketch on the first show, and then when I did say, well, it- well, isn't that special? Sigourney Weaver was the guest, mm-hmm. huge laugh, just like in the clubs, and then I yeah. was home. You know, it's like of course, off. yeah. It's you like, knew, okay. I know I've got this. Yeah. Thing.
2: How big of a relief was that when you when, when you get that big laugh?
1: Completely, completely surreal. Because the very first show I ever did, and the very first sketch show I ever did, I had Chop and Broccoli at the end of this show. Oh my god! And I had oh. Church Lady became the first sketch. I was in the cold opening, and then we did an Aliens uh, parody, and I played the Bill Pullman part. Yeah. So my manager at the time, Brad Gray, came into my dressing room and again i'm so nervous i'm swearing at myself in the mirror fuck you because i just this is it this yeah. is it i mean it comes down to that one night he goes brad gray talks like this a little bit he goes i don't know why that is i don't know why this happened but it's your show because <laughs> i was cast like just 45 days before i had played a pizza parlor in martinez oh my with like God. five people now I'm in I'm, – I'm, the show's going to be canceled and I'm in five things. It's up to you. It's up to you. I see it, I see it at the party. Okay. Oh How do
0: you handle that amount of – I mean from that and then from, I mean, Lauren and just also your own pressures of like you, you know this is such a huge opportunity to take I, it up I, The only
1: thing I could attribute it to is just the 10,000-hour rule of course of stand-up. I <laughs> think that that saved me. That saved me because I'd done a lot of nerve-wracking stand-up in my day, too. And and just
2: knowing that you had that skill, like, hey, I performed in front of live audiences before. Not necessarily sketch, but, like, and and that's why when you get that laugh as the church lady, it's like, okay, I'm home. I've done this before.
1: Yes, and then because of people looked at it politically because of the Reagan era and Mm -hmm. the sort of born-again thing, and that that wasn't my intent, but, uh, and then having Phil Hartman and Jan Hooks right at To to the Ready one Two big sexual scandals hit Tammy right. Faye Baker and oh, yeah. Jim Baker yeah. and, and they did them brilliantly So it was just all this Just, uh, just blind luck And it really, really, really helped uh, Lift the show for everybody Including me was f- you know.
2: Yeah, was Phil ever Because like, as an audience member Watching Phil Hartman And mm-hmm. watching Phil Hartman even give interviews He was kind of like an Andy Kaufman Where I, you, you, you never thought you ever Really met him yeah. was Like he he was always doing a character Was uh, Did he have moments when you guys were writing Where he was just Phil?
1: Oh totally yeah. And he was a really really close friend of mine And um He um, In Encino Where my wife and I Had a house Our kids were right around The corner from them And so we were Mm -hmm. always Hanging out together But John and I Would tease Phil John called him the wall (laughs) Because you did You know It took a while to get To Pat Phil was very reserved In that way Hello fellas Mm -hmm. In fact when I first Started hanging out With John Lovitz And Phil Hartman It was all Mm -hmm. the 40's guy All the time How you doing What's the weather In the street Uh, I go who are these guys (laughs) Hello (laughs) are they doing anything else
2: It's strange Uh, uh, When I first met John Lovitz I I thought that that was all a character, but no, that he's like that all the time. He, yes. He's just, he's always talking, Brad, come play my club. Oh, yeah. My, my, one of my best yeah. friends
0: is uh, Lisa Kudrow's nephew and John, you know, oh, Lisa. Yeah. You know, and so he, uh, I went up cool. to John at the club and that was like an icebreaker for me. So I was like, hey, John, we have a mutual friend, my oh, buddy yeah. Spencer. And he goes, how is Spencer? Is he still Jewish?
1: <laughs> John, if there is, a- <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's John. Yeah. I know. Uh, We—he was over here so uh, in the bunker a while back, and you know he, by the, he eventually made it to the keyboard, and then it was okay. just the John Lovett's Dana Carvey's game, <laughs> and my wife was just in the chair, just tears of love for about an hour. It takes oh, it up, Bud! <laughs> Bud! and it's just. How much joy is in his eyes? I mean, John is 10 years old, and he also definitely was around in the 1940s. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, oh, you really? can't. His look, his voice, everything is just... <laughs>
0: it's perfect. So who he was in A League of Their Own is pretty... <laughs> Pretty spot on. Yeah, that's pretty
2: much it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, he has a very vulnerable sweet side. When you take him down to that, he's very – and then he does have this sort of hello. And, yeah. you know.
2: Now, did you kind of latch on to John and Phil? Uh, like were they some of your favorite people to write with when, when you first got on the show?
1: Well, John tells a story which I guess – you know. I have this kind of, I don't know, faux cocky persona that I guess I use to deal with stress. Mm-hmm. And I'd kind of known John a few weeks at this point. <laughs> so he's the star of the show. He's the liar. Yeah. So he tells us that I go into his office and I go, hello, John. I'm The way he tells it, I go, I'm planning on hitching my wagon to a winner. That's what I said to <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so I immediately liked him and Phil as well. They were just very sweet, fun, nice people to hang out with.
0: And that's with. huge, right? Because, like, I mean, the uh, would you guys go out to kind of build any sort of camaraderie? Yeah, we to... hung
1: out a lot. We yeah. were immediately friends. Um, you know, it was just great to look over at John Lovett's uh we were doing the William Shatner sketch with the nerds, you know, get a life, people. Yeah. You know? yeah. And John just made me laugh. He just was a, a sweetness to him. And Phil was just, you know, which you probably heard about, but he was just sort mm-hmm. of a, a Renaissance kind of guy. He would do an oil painting or sometimes he'd come over, We play guitar, he'd play the blues, and he'd do all these voices, and then he could just be a, an actor. He could be the sidekick or the lead. He was yeah, just sort of – and, and most of the time on the set – his binder, because he was always in 20 sketches, because he was the glue, which yep. was the nickname I gave him. <laughs> no kidding. The guy who holds the show together, and it's All stuck. Right. Hey. Hey. And he would be <laughs> facetiously <laughs> organized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, but that would be off to the side. And then we'd ha- he'd have like uh, some motorboat type magazine. He'd be reading about the schematics of an Evan motor motor. He wouldn't. Jeez. It was sort of a thing he did. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. he ever really. Was that, you know, an do, of it? Do you, so you do you
2: think he's just like reading the magazine going, they think I'm into boats. This is so cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, to- I'm totally fooling them. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Look, do they know
1: hot air balloons or anything? But I was a little more disorganized, and that was just my ADD kind of personality. Yeah. You know, I always wanted to throw it away. Um, well I learned to throw it away. You don't want to peek on Wednesday. Sometimes you yeah. could blow it out so hard to get it on the show. Right. that you never got back to it as I learned to kind of get it good enough to get it on the show. Even the dress show, make sure you don't do it perfect. Make sure it's kind of not quite as good. So when you're on the air show, you're discovering it for, at its best. Oh, and the shit. audience will see that in your eyes. And that probably takes a few years to figure out, yeah? Or- yeah, I think I really got more relaxed after about three or four years. I don't think I was able to do that show properly the first three. Yeah, it's,
2: it's funny. You, you really need that time to sit into it and kind of... Watch it happen, and a lot and because the whole concept of live sketch comedy that goes out to millions of people, there's nothing, there, there's nothing really like Saturday Night Live except Saturday Night Live.
1: No, it, it's 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 a, it's a singularity, and you'd be in the uh, in between sketches, and they'd be ripping off, you'd have underclothes and bobby pins, and it's like it literally like Indianapolis 500, they're just tearing yeah. off your wig and plopping it on, and just, and then you have to, and then a lot of rewrites at 1030 and it'll be in the cards so you're going out reading it cold they're just fussing with you five seconds they rush you in the chair and then you have to remember oh have fun Have fun. (laughs) Try to remember that, yeah. Right, while while
2: they're shoving you out there and while they're explaining new uh, changes to the script and while
1: all all of it is just wild and weird and the slat is going down. Are they going to get up in time? Mm -hmm. Three seconds, you know.
2: Yeah, there's a couple.
0: uh, uh, Crazy. uh, This guy, Beck Bennett and Kyle Mooney, they're on the show right now. They uh, went to USC with them. And Beck was telling me when I went out and saw them there, he was like, there's some times. He was just just trying to describe the chaos, but he was like, there's sometimes I'm reading something for the first time on air. And I was like – and like you just said, he's like, I have to try to remember to like, oh, yeah, enjoy this moment. But there's so much happening that you're having to also concern yourself with that that can sometimes. Oh, yeah.
1: One time they put a really, really, really tall guy and church lady and the cue card guy didn't notice that he was obscuring half the cue cards. (laughs) So I had to like process that. Wow, this is crazy. (laughs) <laughs> and then just sort of fill in the blank. Sometimes they d- shuffle the cue cards in, uh, wrong, and not their fault. It's wild shit. Yeah, and, uh, right. You're like, okay, they got it backwards. To process that in a second, you know, and on live television. Being, a re- being not only a good reader, but a great reader was really important. And Phil was a great reader. Dennis Miller was a great reader. Mm-hmm. You know, could just look at the card and get it. You know yeah. if you had any little trouble with just looking and reading, boy, it really could mess with you
2: now did you have a process that uh that when you're coming up with a character like is, is there is there tricks you use is there do you, like how like how like how do you come up with some of these characters' Cause, Looking at your characters that have just been just legendary, you're pretty damn good at it. You base them off of people you know, or. Uh...
1: Yeah, well, I you know Brad was obviously. My brother Brad was Garth, and I did mm-hmm. that in the cold opening. The character of the guy who talks like this. <laughs> and so it's an infectious rhythm, you know? Yeah. What do you want to do? And then I had to amp it up uh, eventually with Wayne's World a little bit, but. Um, How early into being uh, your
0: brother did you go, oh, this guy is like there's some Because, you know, there's something that just sticks out, and you picked that was his.
1: I did him in my stand-up, and I would tell the story. My brother was uh, – this brother, uh, the others are kind of artistic. He was like a science guru. He, mm-hmm. he kind of helped design the first prototype for a thing called the Video Toaster, which was the first home editing system in the early 90s. Oh, my God. And he always had popular mechanics, and he um, – you go. he had a bunk bed with the older brother, uh, my brother Mark, and um, – he had these sleeping bags around it and and lights in there. You went in like it was like a lair, and he actually had a computer. They had a sliding door. They were the downstairs brothers right. middle class family fifteen hundred mm-hmm. square feet, seven of us, one bathroom oh, and shit. he had three switches. You have to do them the right sequence for the for the to release and My brother Mark forgot, and he tore it off. so <laughs> Brad was the kid with the soldering iron and uh, all that kind of thing so i I did a, some stand up about him. Um, just that I'd brought home what I thought was a dead frog and he had it wired up to the diesel batteries and I'm like, Brad, it's, eye is kind of twitching. He goes, yeah, I brought him back to life. He'll never, he'll never die again. Now I don't know why that gets a laugh. Like he'll never die again. Was he Jesus? but it's a rhythm thing, a musical rhythm. He'll never die again. So that was that one. You're big with that, with the
0: musicality of, of the delivery yeah
1: i think so and i don't know it always anytime you talk about comedy it just goes into well you know boys years ago i was thinking of character <laughs> yeah. Old lawn Michaels needed a hit and needed to bat. Well, I got a big cup of joe and sat down. And he needed
0: a song about vegetables and he <laughs> needed a quick. Yes, and there's something
1: preserved, spiced and chopped. Or, uh, tethered to different places. We, we it's, it, it
2: started, we tried mincing parsley, but that really didn't yes. work out too well. And then right. We got to chopping broccoli
1: and we said, that's a hit, sir. <laughs> that's it. and never stopped. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm sure people have asked you that though, right? Were there other vegetables that you tried chopping up or was broccoli the one that uh, sounded yeah, funny? They were
1: yelling at it out last night. You know. No kidding. Crazy. I only did it once on SNL for 30 seconds.
0: I wanted to ask real quick, what were the cast members' reactions cuz the, the audience loved it, yeah, when you did it for the first time?
1: It got good good reaction, but I didn't know it would last this long. I'd also <laughs> done it on an HBO special and, and one yep. other comic relief. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea. Um
2: Yeah, and, and and even when you did it on your HBO special, you had already done it on Saturday Night Live at that point. And yeah, wait I, I, as soon as you start playing the notes and you kind of look to the audience and go, she was chopping some... yeah, buccal- she was the, the audience just explodes. They're
1: like, this is our favorite part. Yeah, she chopping pakale. <laughs> I, I go by... Um, this is my own personal philosophy. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah please. <laughs> and, and take please. care. We're recording. <laughs> yes, it. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> to me, what most comedians do when they start, um, mm-hmm. they're with their friends. In grade school or high school mm-hmm. they're not really doing jokes they're not really what they're doing is winding down a either an impression of the PE coach. Or something that the teacher says. And they wind yeah. it and wind it till it gets to its core essence and everyone's giggling into oblivion. So I always think instinctually when I got to the small clubs, I wanted to get to a point in my stand-up, which I haven't gotten back to because I'm playing too big of venues. I've discovered that recently. I'm not really good after 100 seats. I mean, why is not Jimmy Fallon's Theater 700? You know, mm-hmm. why? There's a science to this. You know? Right. And so I was like... If people walked in, they would go, why in the hell is this so funny if they walked in halfway through my show? And maybe it's a stupid thing to do. I, I appreciate great material, great observation, great jokes. Mm-hmm. But what really, really – I love the inexplicability of what Kubrick did. And yeah. Not that I'm – you know, I also like Porky's. You know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I liked Monty Python stuff. A lot of it was pointed. Um, so I don't think it was a conscious choice, but I figured it out later. That in my stand-up, I always wanted to be a sketch player, but I didn't know it. It would infuriate other people. <laughs> like when I was doing one of the boys in New York, I'd play the improv. And, and I didn't know all the other comedians hated me. You know, what? Not, not, not personally. Yeah, just like, right. what is he doing? He's making voices. It doesn't even... There's that no wasn't being joke. done. Yeah. yeah. And the guy, this old guy, probably my age at the time, they didn't like it over there. He's pointing to like four or five comics. But, you know, I don't give a shit. You're getting laughs. Who am I to judge? You know? <laughs> You know. And it's that dope. guy, Tom Selleck. Oh, okay. Tom Selleck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, sans mustache. <laughs> I said facial hair,
0: facial hair, something tropical. Sans mustache is a new show he needs to come out with on CBS.
1: Sans anything is good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wait, so I want to get back to Garth real quick. So your, bro- so your yeah. brother, was Was he the first, like was that, um, uh, since you were doing that early in your stand-up, was that when you kind of were like, oh shit, like kind of pulling from people I know or, or just – or did that give you more faith in yourself to go? This is crushing, and I.
1: It took a long time for me to get there. I mean, initially, I would like any comic. I was just doing. I do. Um, I do Popeye getting kicked in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my testicles! You know, I was just. Still funny. I was in cowboy. Still funny. I would do. John Wayne having sex, well, up against the bedpost and spread them You know, you're just surviving in these honky tonk cowboy bars. I would do right. the X-rated Wizard of Oz was my closer. Oh my and god! And the song would was um, I'd get hard and I'd have foreplay. I'd even have some more play Uh, if I only had a dick. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, this was just um, when Uh, people... such such obscure, but just funny, still funny. Yeah, I did Catherine Hepburn trying to start her car, and I did that early on. (laughs) So, again, it's ridiculous. (laughs) To me, uh, the real funny is you can ask how many questions of a a comic idea. If you can Mm -hmm. get to five... Then that's a keeper. Yeah. Why, why does her car, why does she talk like that? Why does her car sound like that? Why does she insist on keeping trying to start it when it sounds exactly like her? So you get to three, so that's pretty good. Yeah, you're doing all right. So you know, the more whys, you want like, why, why in God's name, why is this funny? So that's what I did. And then eventually when I got to the other cafe, the little hippie dive in the Haight Ashbury where I met my wife, hmm. uh, it was so small that uh, I would just gently go, I'm going to be a character, mm-hmm. which was kind of corny. Yeah. In those, I had Bobby Slayton around me. Eh, yeah. Chinese people can't drive. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, I had glasses. I had a trunk of props because I was trying to be Rob Williams and I'd mm-hmm. put on glasses. Dana babe. I'd start with just generic kind of characters would you
0: go up in a character like you see some i would just
1: wear glasses i had a little um a little drum and little drumsticks i do a little drum and i was a character called perry franchement (laughs) for no reason love the name i love i am perry franchement (laughs) and they play my drum i was better then, really i would i was esoteric i was experimental i i would lip sync to a johnny mathis song I'd mm-hmm. take a drag of a cigarette, and then right as it hit, chances are, the smoke would come out. <laughs> I had a a puppet that didn't – the face didn't move. This bald, uh, weird, kind of looked like a Bond villain. Mm-hmm. I put my hand in – it was just plastic, and I would record its responses on a tape recorder, and I had oh, a hey. foot switch. So I'd go um, – Oh well, what do you want to tell us, Professor Reality? And then I'd press the recorder and he'd say, My friends call me real <laughs> and I'd say, Oh really? And he said, No, real. Why is the there?
2: Five questions. Why is the puppet's mouth not moving? Yes. Why? Why does the guy have to press
1: the thing on the floor right. for the puppet to talk? <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's Why a, does a, he set him up with my friends call me real? Yeah, yeah. No one he'd say oh really. <laughs> Does the puppet find that funny? It, when you get to five, then you're, you're done. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, you know, it, why is the church lady trying to passive-aggressively in, entrap people and then say, <laughs> well, it's not special? Yeah. Redundantly devoted her life yeah. to trying to trap someone in, into being a sinner <laughs> <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then scolding them. These yeah. are sick people. Look at Hans and Franz. They don't lift weights. They have no strength. They're sadistic. Mm-hmm. They torture people. Yeah. They're paranoid. They're bullies. They just want to make fun of people for being
2: wimps because they feel
1: bad about themselves. Yeah. And that, that, to go from Arnold, I mean, Tell you I'm governor and go to this. Oh look, almost crying. Look, and this is what these are a couple new ones I have. But uh, you know, look, I could this one I like. I could dress you up like a little baby clown and put you in the loser circus where you would surely be a star. I mean, that's a funny joke. The other one was I could put you on a cracker and serve you at a cocktail party and say hello. Guess would you like a girl, Leon dove? So the idea that any human being would be all like, oh, shut up, yeah. I'm, that's not me. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes me funny that someone would get
0: defenses. <laughs> right? How great is it that you get a character so well defined that really, I mean, the right, like the writing probably for those guys comes pretty easily, right? There's there's a formula for you.
1: Yeah, just um, it, it's a little it. They're so happy with themselves. Yeah. I, I think it's like an archetype of a character is just is so stupid, but they're so Pleased with their little lines. <laughs> yeah. Your buttocks are like marshmallows. <laughs> you're lucky I don't have a campfire here. <laughs> so again, so you're saying cool. my buttocks are soft, <laughs> yeah. and you're saying if you had fire nearby, you would, you would fire. literally. <laughs> and why would I let you light yeah. my ass on fire? Yeah, yeah. So we're to four right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah were solid. those
0: <laughs> were those characters based loosely on Arnold or
1: totally on Arnold? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Initially, you had to meet. You met him first, and then.
1: Kevin Nealon and Dennis and I were touring, and Kevin saw him on TV and he told me about it, and we started laughing at how organized. Arnold's life is And how everything's yeah. perfect So this is what we did As a song All summer Drove Dennis crazy this is, this is Arnold Pretty much verbatim You know You get to the hotel And you run the stairs To get the light workout in And then you take A nice light shower You put on a white Cotton shirt And you're ready For the evening You call Danny DeVito You say hello Danny Hello Danny So then we One night At my apartment In New York We just decided To, to do his Uh not-so-bright cousins who worship him. Okay, And then at one point, Kevin said, and if you don't believe me, once we got the defensive thing, we laughed mm-hmm. for three hours. <laughs> we realized they were never going to lift weights. Right? They were only going to braid imaginary. And, and obviously, they've been fired and shit, with, yeah. <laughs> yeah. fucked with their whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. And so they're just fighting back. So people initially, that thing didn't kill so hard because people were waiting for them to be really strong and lift things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when we just... Talked about torturing anyone who was watching this obscure show. <laughs> so I do really still like doing those characters. Oh yeah, they well, still
2: make me laugh. Yeah. So how, I mean, how thrilled were you when the when the State Farm commercial hits? Ching. And- <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> well, yeah. well, I mean, you're happy about that, obviously. But. No,
1: no. It, you know, your instincts kick back in. I mean, you know, by the time you pay, it's a push. You know, commissions, mm-hmm. taxes, no complaints. But, but you know, it's not like I would the ceiling would be taller. You know, something. It's, it's so- also
0: pretty incredible because you could take, I mean, there's so many of your characters that you could take and that are still That's relevant. Funny. Yeah, I mean, go, I mean, that you could put in that people would go, Oh hell yeah! I'm glad to see that again.
1: Well, it was fun to do it, and they they co- collaborated with Kevin and I. Yeah, and we wanted it to be a visual cartoon initially because yeah. I knew when people watch sports, mm-hmm. they um, it's screaming loud in there. So let's make it so it's kind of humorous without. Right. And so, um, yeah,
2: yeah. So, uh, so when you see Aaron Aaron Rodgers doing the ropes, and all of a sudden it backs up, and it's the Broomhilda's
1: hair. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. It, it's great. Or we're he's dragging us, and we're riding a tank again. Yeah. Where did we get the tank? <laughs> How long did it talk us to drag? How can he possibly drag the tank? And then he's dragging us on a, on a tank, and we're berating him. And what does he think of that? So that's a five first. Yeah, there you go. Um, so they collaborated with us, so we wanted to make it funny. So it was great. I mean, you know, in today's fractured world, mm-hmm. that thing is just like, because it's on when football's on, yeah. you know, it's just a lot of people see it. So it's just fun, you know, it's just like. Why not? Yeah. yeah. When, uh, church Lady's on deck. She's ready to go. Oh, I was going right. so to say. Ready to go. Form. Why not a Church Lady movie? Church Lady movie, yeah, because mm-hmm. she she's like 65. I'm still too young to play her. But yeah, Church <laughs> I did do an outline once, but Lauren did not have a Saturday Night Live studio. Things, so right, right it was Church Lady in the Malibu Beach Party. That her car breaks down and she comes in to, oh, like yeah. Judd Nelson's having a Hollywood party. Oh yeah, oh. come on! Wow, wow, wow! We like we like to have a cocktail, don't we? <laughs> and then our naughty area gets you know. You know, it's funny we we had a censor named Mister Clockworthy with a bow tie and glasses. Get this out. is his first year of SNL I'm that's not a, kidding. That's Short character. Hair. No, no, Mister Clockworthy, and um, he <laughs> said I couldn't say penis. What well, could I say? Mm-hmm. Naughty bulbous area. And he goes, Oh, okay. It seemed more pornographic yeah, yeah. when he, I'm going, you know. Bulbous. Our naughty, our naughty parts always, are swollen and yeah, like it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: It, 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 it's always when you go around the sensor, when you, when you go like around the word, it sounds like, like worse or weirder. Like, like yeah. it, if it, our if bulbous, tingly, yeah, or yeah. you say, oh, it, I got. I like it in the b hole. Like, like, it sounds weird. it sounds weirder. Yeah, <laughs> <That's 'cause, "Ew, laughs> that
1: sounds wrong. But,
0: yeah, yeah. Don't say vagina. Say protective. You know, leg slit. It's like what? That's not. Yeah,
1: yeah maybe John Lovitz could help us with this. One. I, I I had her with her protective leg slit in front of my face.
2: <laughs> I said I'd like to get a taste of that. <laughs> Was who jealous? <Jalice?
0: laughs> that's his go-to. Oh yeah. Did you who when uh you're doing garth was it your idea to go he needs a, a buddy with him or uh
1: you know there's always a different story swirling around oh, that. Yeah. but mm-hmm. mike did not have a sidekick when he did it in canada and then he asked me to do it lauren had said later he sort of suggested a sidekick and all mike said to me was your name's garth and you dig wayne so <laughs> that was, was a, your outline for the character pretty much and then um,
0: is that kind of how mike worked it was like hey like here's some here's a little food for
1: thought I don't know. I mean, funny. I think it was the only full blown collaboration that he had. You know, I had one and with Kevin, the, yeah. and I'm not sure if Sprocket's had a sidekick or. I mean, Coffee had, Talk. Yeah, and, they had
2: dancers in the background. That, yeah, that was yeah.
1: Um, but th- so I just basically thought, okay, if we're doing Snow Dude characters, you know, the Bill and Ted world. Although I think it was the best representation oh, yeah. and really cleverly written. Um, he, um, I saw that he had brown hair and a baseball cap, so I just. I remember walking through. and I go, well, I, thought, I think I'll have blonde hair and I'll have these these glasses, and I just used the Brad character mm-hmm. as so he'd be specific, you know. And that's why in the movie, the first movie he has that. Stun gun I mean, Brad consulted with me on that when he, They won't <laughs> oh, let him in the club Excuse me I'd like to get by now <laughs> He's got all the Brad told me how many batteries It would take Yeah Oh <laughs> yeah So like Brad was a consultant He was that. a consultant on that Oh yeah And the second one I had a t-shirt underneath That said video toaster Just to help so Brad out awesome no kidding. If you look at the flannels Garth has video toaster
0: Wait so did Brad uh, Does Brad dress like Was that also
2: everything Like keeping uh, consistent Brad
1: is definitely uh, Flannels and stuff nice. Yeah very casual Yeah bearded guy and
2: I imagine he loves it
1: yes yeah Yeah, because it's you're portrayed as you know a genius (laughs) or really really smart a tech nerd Mm -hmm. you know yeah the same way I think the original Matt Foley
0: sounded like he was pretty pumped that uh, Farley uh, personified him yeah
1: well Farley uh, you know in his peak glory was you know the reason he is so remembered is because we we haven't seen anything like it yet Never seen a force in nature like that in a studio. It's never since I don't think it's it, he's. Everyone keeps saying that
0: Man. energy in live in the studio was just like. I mean,
1: he was just just on fire. I did one as Ross Perot <laughs> with Chris, and he was so game. He never called me Dana. I mean, the very first day. These Some of these new guys arrived. I was on Letterman, so I just joked around. I go, he goes, there a lot of new cast members. And I go, you know who I am? I'm the fucking church lady. Now give me a cup of coffee. You know? <laughs> and so he called me lady. So did Chris Rock. Lady. Hey, lady. <laughs> so I was doing Ross Pro. Uh, and somehow Farley was in the sketch. So toward the end of the sketch, for whatever reason, I'm writing... Chris go I'm gonna ride oh, you. Yeah. I'm gonna ride you, monkey boy, or whatever I was doing, <laughs> yeah. fatty, fatty piggy man. Yeah, you know. yeah. I squeal like a pig. And like, you know. And of course, Chris only could go all out. Yeah. Full 100. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Those uh, uh, those impressions of the Ross Perot and the and 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 the George Bush. I was in doing research for this interview, Dana. Interesting. Uh, I, <laughs> I saw. I prepared. I, uh, I appreciate I saw it very a, much. A, a video of George Bush speaking at uh, gerald ford's
1: funeral yes and he quotes you yeah he does he does you doing the impression he loves it and <laughs> i was down in houston just a few months ago and he was doing it we we're out in the deck having the lunch <laughs> the secret service guys mm-hmm. we're off to the side just four guys with dark sunglasses yeah. you know men in black over there yeah, are yeah. those secret service what do you think <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> and he's still gotta do it yeah girly man oh not not girly man not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. That was the other one. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's just another surreal thing along with Carell and Colbert. I've had a lot of weird things that I couldn't have planned. But becoming friends with him, doing charity events with him, exchanging you know Christmas cards, and he sends me letters. And this is Bush. Bush yeah. Sr. called me Election Day 2004 at home. Wow. So his son is running for re-election. Right. He just calls me. Well, Mr. President, you know, how you doing, Dane? I go. Well, isn't your son running for reelection today? Yeah, yeah. But how are you doing? <laughs> Barr and I saw a special last night. Wonder what you're up to. So, it's wow. so a weird.
2: Uh, you do, know, do you have those moments where you just like take the phone away and like scree- like mouth to your wife, like, "Can you believe this yeah. shit?" <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, the two of us went to the White House together, and so that was still our peak, most surreal show business moment. Oh, for real. After he lost the election. You want me to tell the story with Please. John Lovitz in it? Please. Yes. Because I was Please. on the phone with John Lovitz. I <laughs> okay. oh, got a call waiting. I heard this is the White House operator number one hold for the president. True story. Go back to John. John, I got to go. He said, what? You have a bigger name? <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a matter of yeah. fact. So then he's talking to me. Well, people feel we're down. He'd lost the election. I mm-hmm. made fun of him for four years on SNL. I might come out, cheer up the troops. And I was very naive, and I literally said, "Well, where would I stay i 'm already going to logistics <laughs> you know and he goes, "Pause, well, you stay at bar, and I right here." So then we ended up in the White House for what two nights had dinner, mm-hmm. lunch, we went to the Kennedy Center honor- honoree show with them um, you know, I was. I remember Tom Selleck was downstairs. I'm not kidding. He goes, where are you staying? I go, we're staying upstairs. Staying upstairs? No one stays upstairs. <laughs> Paul Newman was there. Oh Dan Quayle. Um, we, after the Kennedy Center thing, um, they were honoring Ginger Rogers, Paul Newman, whoever. And then um, Walter Cronkite said, and now, uh, you know, salute to President George Herbert Walker Bush for 50 years of service. <laughs> he turned toward us. We're sitting next to the president and Mrs. Bush. And um, the whole audience stood and gave him a standing ovation. So he's getting very emotional. And then we're in an elevator. A second later, Secret Service, and I think his daughter was there. And um, it was just a very emotional moment. I go, well, why am I here? Yeah. And then um, we went back to the White House. We toured it. It was kind of melancholy. It was gorgeous Christmas time. We saw where Nixon and Kissinger prayed. And we were in the Lincoln bedroom. Yeah. and um we saw the bowling alley and uh, <laughs> and then the, the president brought us water anybody thirsty had a tray and you know <laughs> all surreal yeah, surreal I, I, that anyway, was just just that, wild
2: that, that can never get uh, that, that can never get Typical that can, that can never get boring
1: No, no You're boring. having You're having dinner And he's got a phone right there mm-hmm. You know, in case Russia launches <laughs> I get a, I was, <laughs> a little more a pepper t- on the soup Is, Did that ring? Anybody? <laughs> Is or, that you know. Putin? But he had to go away And um, there was something to do With Somalia He had to deal with some stuff Don't no worry I'll be back I just gotta kill some pirates <laughs> Pirates <laughs> He's pirates <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm working You know, I just made What I'm doing very, very In its proper perspective Sure How many things Uh uh, do you have
0: like a, a list of highlights in your uh, of, of things that you're uh, you know um, because of what you do has provided some cool like you know opportunities like that like has anything well, trumped the White House?
1: <laughs> well, I'd say doing Burt Lancaster, Kirk Douglas's last movie for I grew up was amazing. Yeah, just mm-hmm. hearing them talk about you know I did five movies that year. You know these guys that had independent films they were kind of artistic, but yeah. they're also leading men and. uh Hearing their stories, just hanging out with them was really, really cool. And of course, getting on Saturday Night Live and hearing Don Pardo say my name—I was just going to say—winning um, an Emmy and for performing on that show and having Bob Hope handed to me, going to the oh, White House. Wow.
0: What did Bob Hope? I mean, did he, You guys talk before, or after that, or just no?
1: I just—I when I was—I just said Bob Hope. You know, it was just people I'd seen as a kid. You know, just being around them. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Mitchum was on the show; that was cool, and Charlton Heston.
2: Now, with all the stuff that you've done that you've done in show business, now that your kids uh, uh, that they want to be in show business, are you the guy that's like, yes, absolutely, this is great, or are you kind of hesitant, or like, like, what were your thoughts when they came to you and said, we want to start doing stand up?
1: Well, I just sort of tell them what, one is that every era has its own. Particular thing, I mean, you take the vaudeville performers who Mm -hmm. got into radio and then into movies So I grew up with older comedians Mm -hmm. everybody was 70. I didn't even think of a 20 year old (laughs) comic, you know, right Um, You know, Jack Benny and and George Burns and Bob Hope and and then later on the second wave came they were younger But I just said it's also different. The only thing you can control is and it sounds really kind of corny cue violin is just (laughs) getting better at everything. Mm -hmm. And I go, there's complete whimsy. I can't promise you there will be even a show like Saturday Night Live with that size audience in five years. All I can tell you is that there is a way to make a good living at show business now for more people. Good meaning, you know, more than you could make and just maybe as a school teacher or something, you know. (laughs) Um, That's all you can control, you know. I think if you're getting into it, and I think that – you guys could maybe speak your uh, you know, younger demographic, but um, it seems like the virtual living day-to-day resume that is social media, that and you see some guy in his room or woman with a YouTube video who now they have to hurry up and teach him stand-up because now they tour. Yeah. I can't wrap my mind around what it all means. I mean, I say in my act now, I, no one saw Led Zeppelin live and went, give me a week, I could do it. Yeah. But I'll yeah. see a rapper sometime and think, I don't know. Give me six months <laughs> with some beats, and I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Is that that far from Chop and yeah. I mean, you know, Pharrell Williams said he sampled the Church Lady or was influenced by that rhythm. Oh, so shit. Get out. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I, wow. I don't really know what it all means, but I know that if you like the arts and you like the form, like what we're doing now, is brand new. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have this. This yeah. is cool. Where we get to just um, do ever. Th- do you ever think videos? back?
0: Do you ever think that, like, uh, oh, I know some people are like, God, if only I had, like, you know, when we had Shore and he was like, Man, if I had had Twitter, bro, like, back in the day, I would have, during MTV Spring Break, I would have had fucking five million followers. I could have tweeted out Biodome. It would have, people, more people would have seen it. And it was, you know, Mm -hmm. or, (laughs) that's (laughs) true. But also in the
1: YouTube videos and stuff, and he he was so, he's like, I'm so bummed I didn't come up during that era but uh it you know it's it's obviously the ups and the downs of it it's just now it's just like you feel like a little you know grain of sand in in the desert you know i mean i do think most media which is it's good is is trending to youth and sexuality you know you do live in a world where you know i could never beat kim kardashian's ass i i'd have to i would have to kill someone. it's a sad
0: realization when you yes. really sit yourself down and go it ain't happening dana That's- yeah
1: imagine <laughs> sitting peter sellers down you're you're great you're absolutely up but joey heatherton it's uh it's a selfie from behind and it's oily and uh, and it's oiled up. <laughs> You're not. So being there, we're probably gonna just release it on the web. It's just not gonna get traction, <laughs> you know. So I don't really know yeah. what it all means, but I do know that if you want to treat it as something like, I'm just gonna look at my feet and just try to get better at all of it, whatever it is, you yeah, filmmaking, uh, you know. There's so much more venues. I just don't know. Yeah. I so you, you could imagine, whoa, well, how many Twitter followers would I have had in nineteen ninety three? I have no idea. But, well I mean, yeah, well over yeah, <laughs>
2: millions. If you're on Night <laughs> live doing that and and, and, and those character and those characters resonating, hell, there would be there would be church lady parody accounts. Oh yeah, you would have that's that's the thing too, is like, yeah, you would have accounts
0: for all of those characters and they could potentially have yeah. more than you.
1: <laughs> that's true. I, I don't really crazy. know. I mean it's not really my personality. I yeah. kind of uh I sort of was doing a Heisman toward fame a little bit emotionally. I may have mm-hmm. to go to therapy about that, but I, <laughs> I when I first got like I got exhausted by it because mm-hmm. every you know everyone wanted to talk to me and stuff, so I was just hiding in my room a lot it it 's mm-hmm. very nasty
0: I feel beast. like I would do that i can 't even imagine like the amount of i mean just as us coming up with stand up and starting to obtain fans and followers mm-hmm. and it 's like you know fun, but there 's every so often moments like. Like I'm going home to do shows in Seattle over the holidays, and I have a lot of friends, and family are coming out, and I know the afterwards is going to be a lot of post show right. catch up, and ba- and it already sounds exhausting to me to do it, even though it's like fun and a part of it. But I, that's a small smidgen of what it's like for well, you. Well, so in, in the
1: new era now, everyone has a camera on them, and that's become a new thing. Um, yeah. of the amount of pictures you know that you take, and it's the, it's tiring if you if you're trying. I don't know how people deal with it, you know, Will Ferrell or something walking down the street. Not really sure how they – it's exhausting because then if you have a family, it's a gilded cage and you can just stay in your bunker and never go out. But I I just got to such a a perfect level where I kind of got out of the business in a way that – and I do a lot of character stuff that if Mm. I have a baseball cap and this – and I kind of changed my. I do a Jay Leno down here. Okay. oh, wait a minute. I'm invisible. Who am I now?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know. Wait a minute. Do you do a Jay Leno? Because that was one of my first impressions. I feel like we should have a little oh, really? Jay Leno the oh, conversation. Oh, yeah. I, never,
1: I don't never thought mine was, mine was that good or anything. You know, yeah. I just, you
0: know. Hey, you you, know. So uh, let's, let's have a J on J for a minute here. yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah sure. Jay on Jay. You
1: know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just millionaires
0: matter. arguing with each other. Oh, oh sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a, well, I thought, I, a lot of it's a head bob. I thought with a head bob. And then uh, <laughs> I really kind of, All the smirk. The smirk is always like, oh, okay like always he, he's always about to cut somebody off They're always borderline going to say something inappropriate and <laughs> do then do you do that in your stand up I don't I did when I first started I was uh, I did a lot it was the same thing like you said a lot of impressions like uh, when I went to a friend's uh, uh Christian water sports camp and they had a talent Wait. night that there's a Christian water sports camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. So wait, wait, and I was so, the only wait, Jew.
1: Okay, I'm going back. Why to- is there a Christian water? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you're the only Jew in the Christian water. Walk- okay, wait. So
2: like a Christian water sports camp is that just walking on the water? Like oh, is that is that it? Is too, that, soon. Is that only too soon.
0: do <laughs> yeah. too soon. Yeah, no jet skis allowed. You must be Jesus. But I would do in the talent show. I had my friends. Mm. I basically did a. Uh, Backstage with a mic, and I had my friend I just improvised a conversation between Splinter. These are the impressions I could do at the time. Kermit the Frog, Sean Connery, uh. Bill, Bill Clinton, Arnold, and again, like my you know Good. Clinton and Arnold were just ba- yeah. were based on yours yeah. and uh, and Mike Tyson. And then my friends mm-hmm. would just lip-sync to whatever I was saying, wow. and they held their things. Um,
1: That's how you start.
0: But then I stopped doing <laughs> right. impressions because then, uh, I mean, all I wanted to do was uh, SNL for a long time. But then once I developed, I started to become more of a clear on my point of view mm-hmm. of who I was. I was like, oh, I really kind of want to see what else and I And how many
1: there. years in does that happen, you think?
0: It was just the last couple of years, actually, that I yeah. kind of stopped... Wanting to do, uh, I think that I, like with
1: my kids, and I think some younger comics that because they have the library of the history of comedy on YouTube, yeah, I yeah. mean they're just barely learning how to hold the mic. But yeah. they go, "I want to do meta stuff like Louie I go, "Hold on, don't try to do an anthem yet. Yeah, yeah. Just get used right. to talking into mic." Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, th- yeah. There, there's
2: a couple of comics that uh, I mentor that are coming up, and. They, they keep talking about how they got to get certain material down. And stuff, so, and I'm just like, no, get comfortable on stage. Yeah, you're,
1: first three years don't mean anything. Yeah.
2: yeah. Just, and, they're, and they're like, when, when am I going to start getting booked on shows? When can I start doing yeah. TV spots? It's like, calm down. And that, that's the thing. And we were kind of talking about this before we got on air, is like, why are we doing stand-up? That's the hard part. Like, Because it takes so long to get good. To, to to really
1: get it doesn't to, to do you it. have to rethink the whole thing <laughs> I'm telling you it, because it, you know I did, I SNL happened to me I didn't really think I'm gonna be a sketch player on TV it, it was never it scale. was never
0: uh, on your list of like I'm gonna, I
1: boy I'd have to check back and I check with my wife uh, we've been together since 79 I go did I ever talk and I think it was just generational did I ever talk about getting rich or famous mm-hmm. and she said never. Wow. The only thing I talked about what was in front of me, like, I wanted to be the headliner. And I was very spastically, um, kind of neurotically competitive, Like any, but in a you fair way. Be. Yeah. I'd be like, if I'd see someone, I'd go, well, even a friend. i go, I, I got to top that.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Even I think it's Whether
1: helping. I did or not. But it's good. You were inspired. And when yeah. Robin would come back into town, he was famous and he'd levitate the room and he was just so wild and free and so confident. I'd be like, okay, I, I got... I I got work to to do. So for a long time, I was trying to be him. Then I realized, like, no one could be him. And I go slower, and I do more of these specific kind of characters. And he's this brilliant collage of this Shakespearean actor. I mean, what he invented, his construct, was ingenious, you know, just sort of the construct of a guy just on stage. Yeah. Because the rest of us were holding on to the mic with our bits, and he was like, well, her. (laughs) <laughs> wandering and just over here and look over there it's crazy yeah, stuff it, right?
2: yeah my yeah. uh my dad saw him perform one time at a, at a small club and he walked out onto the tables yeah and he's walking on the table and, and he starts no microphone
1: just oh he never did because the yeah. shakespearean actor he'd, I mean, he'd be away from the mic and all that so being around that and then of course seeing seinfeld would come through and you'd be like man his material is so it's polished cool and, so and good. polished yeah. and it's so thought out, and you just—I I went all around. I was schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. So
0: you're an advocate of like watching, and and I, mean, I think we're all influenced. Whether you're going to like, I know I've heard some comics uh, that are like, I can't watch anything because I don't want to like be. But I feel like you just are because you were influenced to get
1: into Art, it. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean do you like. Here's an example: of What's really going on now? Like, we're all ad nauseum. We've got our smartphones, and we're just looking at them. And, and you know, Louis done it, and Seinfeld. I mean, we, everyone's swimming in this pool of. of cultural phenomenon it's so rich and deep it's like in that case in a way you don't want to watch too many because you're like oh shit it's all taken now oh, yeah, i course. can't do anything no, about how we're addicted done. to the way yeah, i mean what's your biggest web bit right now What time till i get my pen I'm gonna record this. <laughs> yeah yeah,
0: yeah. A bit well i mean i uh, i mean i do a bit about with the phone how a buddy of mine you know was super drunk one night and tried to uh, uh, press uh, the phone on the door to open it you know, and it's just about like having great drunk logic. And he like, it, he's somehow Brand, it
1: would just. Yeah. He thinks that. Up. Yeah. yeah the whole thing is like it'll you drink, do anything. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like he drank so much tequila. He thought he came home to the future. And like, you know, and then it, there's a whole thing about him being Asian. And so then I'm like, do you know stuff we don't like? Are you ahead of the time? You know,
1: yeah. Brad, what's that? Oh, uh, current. Anything to do with web or smartphones? God. Don't have to. Uh, I mean, I think army issue for my generation. Yeah. I want to ask you guys this too. Mm-hmm. Jesus joke, mm-hmm. Lincoln and Hitler. To me, that's the trifecta that every comedian needs to have one take on Christianity, <laughs> one Lincoln, and one Hitler. I've got them, but do, yeah. Wow. Uh, all all having to do with the smartphone, too. And you do a measure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing if, I'm uh, doing now, an I, this, I, I'm just assuming this is being done. It's not that original. But I just go, why would you do it? And it's all in this plaintive comedian type attitude. Of course. I, Fake anger. Of course, you know, <laughs> yeah. and <the> comedians <laughs> like who are thirty five want to have angst and they're yeah. just furious yeah. about Abba's yeah, yeah. new album. <laughs> 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 Haven't had any suffering yet, so they yeah. kind of fake it. They're of like, course. or they're really angry at other comedians. Yeah. that's not comedy. But um, <laughs> just the blurry blob at the end. When you buy something online, mm-hmm. you have to put in the letters. Yeah, like mm-hmm. what you know. And then what's that about? And my friend truly did say to me, he "Goes that's just in case a monkey gets a hold of it, the computer." So then I act out The monkey could put in Your, why is there your information Why is he yeah. trying to Buy things on Amazon oh, Right Why, well, why can you, credit card? you can put in Your number expiration date But he's flummoxed By the blurry blob
2: Consonants <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: yeah But you know The blurry the, Of course And yeah, yeah, what yeah, do you exactly. call that uh, Caption something
0: uh, uh, ca- Captcha. Mm-hmm. And that's I a great observation called. too Because that's just something that But that must ever... be
1: done I couldn't uh, own that but As an I've observation never, I've never mean,
2: heard it and yes. Never So
0: there you
1: go
2: All all you Danish (laughs)
0: Uh, Where do you get your uh, uh, inspiration for material?
1: Well, I have kind of two things. One is I have a good problem. When I go on stage, the audience is usually when I'm playing, when I'm advertised, waiting Mm -hmm. for me to do my SNL characters. Last night I was just teasing. Wait, wait, let me get this straight. You want me to do characters – you've seen me do on television mm-hmm. as opposed to ones you haven't. You know, they're like, <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the old stuff. I kind of have one foot in both worlds because yeah. now I'm older and I'm, I'm better read and I think more about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to, um, f- you know, carve out original things in that territory because yeah. it's not really what they expect from me. I talk about feeling guilty at Whole Foods when I'm, especially when I'm squeezing avocados. Just the first world problems. So I could be in a ditch waiting for the rebels to arrive, and I'm, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, it's just that area that Louis touched on. He had that great anthem. Everything's better. No one's happy. Yeah, right. But it's also just, um, just how much bounty we have, and just sort of being aware of that because no one can just put the faucet on. Water, fresh water. Right. <laughs> I mean, just, just. And um, about it. I'm trying to think what other themes that I, that I like to do. I mean, I, but your I, kids I, give
0: you material? I mean, just being I, I do.
1: Yeah. And I still kind of find myself snapping back to sketch like and I love rhythms. Like lately, I've been doing the 25th anniversary. I used to do Scarface or Tony Montana at Thanksgiving mm-hmm. dinner. Whoa. And that was my opus. That was seven minutes. So people have been yelling it out when I do kind of Q&A at the end. Yeah. So I've been doing that again, man. I'm trying to wind down to talk. Because I like it. here. So I, he's at Thanksgiving dinner. He's going. He's like, and again, it's just rhythm. Yeah. And this was a catchphrase as big as it was in that special. Pasa sui Pasa Paso And that, in that accent, Pasa sui poteros. <laughs> and <then> he goes, I love around the table, man. I see the Brussels sprouts. I see the salad where a cooked but I don't see no you know, That kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, that's sort of, I keep going back. I do a thing about a New York actor, which is true. Johnny Stapanato, I make up the name. Mm-hmm. His kid was raised by a British nanny, and so the kid actually was developing a British accent. <laughs> hey, son, this is your dad here. Hey, hey, son, how you doing? I'm sorry I couldn't be there for your birthday. I'm up here. I'm doing three pictures back to back. death mega-death and super-death. <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't be there for your birthday. And the kid's like, oh, it's all right, Teddy. Edwin is going to make me a sudsy tub, and we're going to have some pudding later. Hey, son, you got a call or something? You sound kind of dainty. <laughs> what do you mean, father? I love you ever... Your name's Johnny Stappanato Jr. Repeat after me. I'm Johnny Stappanato Jr. So that's one sketch I do. I do a thing about... Um, <laughs> ventriloquism where you can make $20 $20 million a year in Vegas because you can talk without moving your lips same skill Mm -hmm. in 1300 in England how can you help the king? Well, I can talk without moving my lips. <laughs> well, how does that look? And then I just hatched the whole idea of modern ventriloquism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I joke like this. He goes, well, perhaps you can make your hand into a puppet. Call it Willie or Sammy. <laughs> Have the puppet be lascivious toward women in the audience. Then you would scold the puppet. <laughs> so this is, you know, that's another, like, sketch yeah. one. I do yeah. a um, horse whisper yeah. with a temper. cheesy <laughs> <Shh>, fella. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, fella It's okay. Oh god, damn it, relax. <laughs> uh, they're just hitting his sketches and I can't really do them in the big clubs. I jettisoned all the I do Michael Caine is god. Oh my like god. I come down. I just want to let you know. I'm gold and I made you and you know, stop killing each other over religion. <laughs> And Wait a it,
2: minute, because I can only do about three impressions, and Michael Caine is one of on them. Oh, that's good. And I've that's never tried good. to do Michael Caine, but I think this is a time for all three of us to now, do you it. Just, it. When you do Michael Caine, you got to act like there's a teffy in the very back <laughs> of your
1: throat. It is. It's very soft. He goes down like this. Right. She was only ten years old. <laughs> and they bloody killed her. He's got two things he goes up. Right. But I have him as God in the sky, and we ask him, why are we, is there a heaven? That's completely classified. <laughs> you know, why did you create sex? Because I like to watch. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> are, we a, on that. are we a special planet? Yeah. No. You're kind of a she minish I made a few trillion of you. You're pretty good. You had Bette Midler and Einstein. After that, not much. <laughs> so this is that's like... That's got a crush. How do yeah. I... Well, in a small club. Wow. I, I, as mm-hmm. I've gone around with my boys, I mean, when I... I'm in a small club, I find myself going back to my roots and doing this long sketch form. But when I'm in a, bi- a theater, a big club, I didn't realize all these years. Yeah. It was, it mm-hmm. was uh, not good for me to play all these giant rooms for the <laughs> ching, ching. Yeah. Money. Do you feel
0: like you're just, I mean, more trying to fill the space more and that's not as.
1: They, I think they need to kind of read what I'm feeling. Like if I was at the Ice House, I was doing the Scarface, so I was just really taking 20 second pauses. Pasas I, know around the table. I don't see it. So if you're 300 feet away, oh, you're man. not really, you know. Right, yeah.
2: So hearing. Dana Carvey's going on a uh, bar tour, and it's just going to be. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> or a black box theater. Yeah, yeah. Dana Carvey yeah.
2: live at Bucca de <laughs> uh,
1: But the other side of it, you know, I've been trying to talk about, you know, just how this generation, the silver tsunami, that at some point I'll just be in a chair somewhere for 10000 a month, just like and sort of hatching stuff like that which is Mm kind of dark i mean i don't ever want to wear it on my sleeve like i'm edgy people are gonna change what i say to them now are
2: you aware of comics like me that look to you as uh like you're responsible for two of my greatest memories in comedy uh, Thank you. The time you called me and I and and you left a voicemail, which I still have saved on my phone. Yeah, that's
1: amazing. Yeah. He plays. And, and he plays like, it plays all the time.
2: Because I saw I I saw this number. I'm like, I don't recognize this number. And all of a sudden, I just and Hey, Brad, it's Dana. Harder <laughs> <laughs> than <Brad>, me. <laughs> <Brenton>. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. And uh, then the time uh, you got me on the show in Mil, in Mill Valley, uh, Throck. Yeah. At the uh, Throckmorton, and then I got to sit backstage. And I was there with my opener, and you were there with Robin Her. And, and Mort Saul. Mort
1: Saul. And you guys yeah. were
2: talking comedy, and me and my opener would just look at each other like, don't say anything.
1: Don't interrupt <laughs> That's this funny. moment. I remember you in the wing shadowboxing, and I go, do you get nervous about this? And you were like, I love it. I, just love it. I thought, what, what a great attitude. But that just says it all about stand-up. There's that gladiator into the dome Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, you know. I mean, where yeah, you got a kind of manhandle the situation. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I was, uh, I was at the comedy store last week, and Joe Rogan was on the show, and uh, it's funny you bring up the yeah. the, uh, the uh, shadow boxing because he's in the corner, like doing like a kata, really like doing. a full on thing, like, and I'm like, wow. So he does it too, even though he's fucking amazing at this, he still kind of gets
1: pumped up. The the transition from Mm -hmm. not being on stage to being on stage, unless you're a lunatic, like always on. Hey, fellas, two nuns, walking to a bar. (laughs) Because you're just in the corner, you're kind of quiet. If if you've been in the hotel all day, you haven't really even been verbal. You're a little sleepy. Usually I get really tired right before I go on. And then, ladies and gentlemen, please keep your cell phones here. And now, welcome to the stage. You're like, okay, I I better do something. Yes, a thousand percent. I'll end mm-hmm. up, yeah. I mean, I've just in the last few years
0: realized that same thing. I like, I'll slap my face and kind of like hit my like, just And then <laughs> one of my buddies caught me doing it once. He's like, What the fuck are you doing? I was like, I got to like get some sort of blood rushing. I'm not going to do push ups right now. It's too late. Plus, I don't want to embarrass people with how many push ups I can do before shows. Uh, <laughs>
1: I like it. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what? Uh, you, get, you know, it's part of it is too sometimes um, whether you ha- your act's in that kind of place or whether your ego's in that kind of place, it's just to go, I'm I'm fucking I'm it. I'm, yeah. I'm the fucking I mean I'm just going to you know in, inside your head just go right I don't have any fear because I'm just going to bring it. I got so many weapons they don't even know and you have to kind of have that side you, and you with do. the little voice going, I'm scared. I just <laughs> yeah. want to crawl in a hole.
2: And 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 that voice is always there. I, I, as loud as the voices of the ego of I'm funny. I'm great. I'm mm-hmm. going to be awesome. Which you need in some way, shape, or form because you got to believe that you're funnier than everyone in that audience. You, you still that voice never shuts up. Of, but what if you fail?
1: Well, and and sucks? I hate it, and I never I, when I completely when it goes away, it's great, and that mm-hmm. is the running report card, especially if you're doing two nights, three nights a row in a club, mm-hmm. and so say Thursday night you kill, and it's all flowing out better than ever. And then the second night, you're, you're, the voice is going, well, that isn't as good tonight. I cannot believe they did that. That got an applause break last night. What yeah. the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. When that voice goes away completely is when you're, you're zoned. You're in the zone. And that, that's kinda, that was my goal last night. Mm-hmm. And then I come out and I spilled I some Coca-Cola in a bottle and I just spilled it uh, dramatically. I mean, it's just, you know, when you spill like three ounces, it seems like 400 (laughs) ounces, just foam and goo and sugar everywhere. I'm dripping and just complete momentum stopped. It took me 20 minutes. I was going to come out and make fun, you know, just be like. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, oh, wow, total reset. And then you just like, so it's a mind fuck, isn't it?
0: How do you recover if you're doing like a new bit or impression or something? Or do you just always crush? If something doesn't hit the way you planned, do you make a comment on it? Do you kind of just power through and keep going until you find it?
1: Um, it'll kind of depend on the moment. I, I will sometimes break it down or, you know, there's a bit I'm doing now that's a little bit uh, hit or miss because, you know, I don't know the sensitivity or political correctness of it, but I... Uh, you know, as me being a white male. It's me, I do a, uh, a Chinese documentary that I saw about, about China, and it's mm-hmm. about their their economy and their, their structure, their government. But it's still me doing kind of a, <laughs> you know, kind of fake Mandarin, although I'm thinking of learning it actually. And <laughs> oh, saying so you actually say something. So he says, <laughs> I live in a village of 90 million people. And that usually kind of gets them, oh, that's interesting. So it's a long bit. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a whole story about uh, sort of American cultural imperialism, if you want to call it sure. that. Wow. How they're going to need. Dana Carvey grows up. <laughs> they're going to need all our stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Like he's on medication. He reads a self-help book and feels bad about his own life. Because Oprah says God has a plan for everyone. And it's like, she's on you, And then his plan is this life. So, yeah. Wow. It's kind of interesting for me to, at this point, point of my existence doing this it's a little bit like how can i keep myself interested
0: i was just gonna say like that's gotta be the biggest
1: uh, yeah how can i keep myself interested and so that's the only way is for me to stretch the envelope a little bit but i find the stuff that really really makes me laugh has a hard time getting mainstream laughs (laughs) because i want it to be inexplicable but not to the point where it's it's not hip it's just like some of the stuff i've mentioned. Compared to uh, the harder-hitting bits that I have that are just yeah. easier and harder-hitting, you know. It's, yeah, and, and I guess it's funny Sometimes my act can't follow itself. Right. <laughs> like, I'll do an Obama thing right. And with what would Reagan do because, like— and I, I don't even want to do Reagan anymore, but it's just funny to juxtapose. Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you know, with the coalition, we're going to do the things we have to do with the partners and the Assad and the whole Kershberg— Kirsch- <laughs> mor- I'm sorry you know just this yeah. messy and then Reagan would bomb the shadow people come on TV and go guess what I did <laughs> It's just a funny thing just to say hilarious. not even yeah. Reagan guess what I did don't tell mommy <laughs> So that whole chunk and yeah. then I start doing the more esoteric stuff. So good problems yeah. to have of course you Fantastic.
2: know, and then uh, you like are you planning on doing like just more to like more touring with your kids?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I found out that they were, they're still doing all the crummy, weird little mics. But mm-hmm. they'd show me pictures, and it was like uh, other comedians are the audience now. And yeah, they're, the other uh, comics are looking at their set and kind of looking up. I go, well, that's not even really stand up. No. Mm-mm. So then I thought, well, we'll go. We went on some outlier clubs, so so to speak. There's one in San Diego, Imperial Palace. We went to Ventura, yeah. Ventura Harbor, um, right? And I just took them along just because I thought. This is gonna slow down their development, you know, that's all masturbation jokes, no one's really listening, no one cares. And and I think I don't know if it's conspiratorial, but comedians love a comedian's comedian because they know yeah. it's one less guy they gotta compete with. Yes. Yeah. Oh, were you played a silence? For ten minutes, that's the funniest fucking thing. Yeah. I, yeah. No one's ever no done one's, that. Doing that, man. there's one gone. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. I'm worry so about it, I thought it'd be good for him to go, you know, to the future and then back to the back to the, you know, it's so, smart. I think he
0: also know. got. It's important to get a taste, like those when we starting out, like getting a taste of those bigger shows to like not only um, start to get your feet wet on that uh, type of uh, venue and crowd, but also it's it motivates you to go. Oh shit! I want to not be doing these. Smaller rooms it, I want to...
1: You know, and again, I mean, you're playing clubs and stuff. Yeah. It's sort of like at a, at a given point, you're like, well, what material can I do? What can I so-called get away with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I was playing the honky-tonk bars with the blender, mm-hmm. that's when I was doing... Oh, oh, yeah, I kicked in the testicles. <laughs> because I was just trying to survive. And yeah, then when I got in the little, the little non-hard liquor hippie dive that really informed how I was thinking of stuff and writing. Mm-hmm. So even now... You know, some of these big, big, not to dissuasion, but these big honking nightclub, comic nightclubs with full service uh, restaurant as you're doing it. Then mm-hmm. you're like, you know, you're going to do more uh, short attention span type stuff. Right. Um, well, you're all yeah, you're you're almost back to the roots in that in, in, in that way,
2: because before you were competing with the blender And now you're competing with the food and the presentation. Yeah, and 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 my own smartphone that's in their pocket. Yeah, all
1: that and my own past, which is I said no complaints there. You know, (laughs) I mean, if I shoot a special, I'm thinking of reasons uh, for all the reasons we're talking about doing it at the Throckmorton where Mark Pitta is, but on his open mic night or his showcase night. Oh man! Because I've played that and they know who I am, but it's not all my diehard. fans right so i'm much more experimental i have way less pressure like the last special i did the audience was so nice the crowd was so packed and so i started here and then i had that voice the whole time i was like felt like i had a i was getting through a, a school test <laughs> you know yeah, which so, sometimes so, happens yeah, yeah so
2: you all, so you almost want to be forced to build up right rather than just start i'd rather have way a way shitty high. audience
1: Interesting. but i have a whole i don't know what do you guys think i mean I look at Netflix and I look at all the specials, and that uh, yeah, seems
0: like the way people are going.
1: And uh, everyone's got specials. So what does mm-hmm. it really mean? And do they really in, are they impactful? Does anyone really see them? I, I mean, so. I know that. Yeah, you know, I, um, like,
2: I got quite, I got quite a few friends that uh, have specials that have seen bumps in their career because of it and it it's just another way of people are able to discover you. Uh I, I certainly hope that's the case. I got one coming out later this year. You have you shot it yet? I I did. I shot it in,
1: later uh, this year. It's getting late. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> is it, in is it coming weeks, out in Christmas? Uh not uh not by Christmas. It's going to be mm-hmm. uh early to, early 2015. Now Tellman.
1: where is it going to show?
2: Uh either sh- probably Showtime. Did New Wave do it? Uh no. Thank oh. thankfully.
1: <laughs> okay. We'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. So who did it? Showtime?
2: Oh uh, yeah. Tell them the name of the special.
0: Uh,
2: fun size. Probably it was fun size. Nice. Oh, I th- oh, I thought it was. I got a cool voicemail from Dana Carvey. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean... That was the
1: I'd be happy the to do a forward, title. you know, come out in front of the red curtain with a tie on. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Once in a lifetime, you see a talent that emerges in a way that's... Well, I could only call it fantastical. Is it like an eclipse of the sun or an, a volcano that hasn't erupted in a thousand years? You be the judge. But now I present to you, Brad Fitzgerald Williams. We'll give you a middle name. You better change your name. You know what? I'm... Um, uh, you
2: know, screw, screw the Morgan. I'm I'm now Brad Fitzgerald Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, uh, uh, that's what's <laughs> going to happen. So
1: I was thinking of a, a virtual reality one, you know, Jack White, how you put on glasses yeah. and you're on stage. Or I was thinking of doing one where it's released in four 15-minute specials um, or, you know, 10 minutes a month and there's a storyline. I'm just trying to find, find a different way. I don't want to do one mm-hmm. that doesn't. And, you know, I can't show my well oiled ass, although that would probably get some attention. <laughs> well, not with know. that attitude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now,
0: have, you, have you seen uh, our buddy uh, Harlan Williams? You know Harlan Williams? On, right?
1: the, on the mountaintop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Force of
0: Nature. Yeah. What did you think of that?
1: Well, I, I think he's hilarious. Oh, he's and I, I had to watch it. But I honestly, for, and this is for me too, Yeah. I almost have never finished a special, even yeah. my friends. I make it 35. That's I don't good. know why, and I don't know mm-hmm. why specials have to be sixty. I think they should be forty. I was going to ask, yeah.
0: yeah, forty. Well, look at the Comedy Central uh, when the people do these half hours; it's like twenty-two minutes, or even the hour when they air it. Isn't it like
2: forty-eight minutes? F- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 44 minutes. Yeah, if you uh, if you if you include the commercials, yeah, it's it's almost like an hour. It's it, it, we we've we've hit these milestones in our head where a, the special has to be an hour. You need a hundred episodes to get the syndication. These nice right. round numbers. That, yeah, what if we were releasing
0: a new half hour every year? Like, what's are people that thirsty for thirty more minutes right away?
1: I don't know. I mean, you know, I've thought about this more that my my kids are into it, and it it, it seems like like almost everybody, if they want, can record a special. That gets hysterical laughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll see a comedian and um, you could tell they're they don't really have the goods. But, you know, what the fuck? And they're killing. So, OK, that's been done. We've seen that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not an accomplishment anymore. And then you get down to uh, anthems. You know, you get down to anthems almost like a, a, a song too, like a Taylor Swift song, you know, So that's, are there any anthems in your special (laughs) breath? Well, 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 we didn't come up with any anthems, did we? Nothing that anyone can stick to goes right out the the brain pan. No, it's not easy. Um, (laughs) Certainly not. So I don't know. I'm just thinking about all that. I tend to think too much.
2: Well, uh, Dana, we do want to thank you for having what? us in your yeah, home. We, 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 we don't have a break and we're
1: back. Yeah,
2: yeah, we could. We could talk to you. No, forever, this
1: is babe. fun. I like this. I mm-hmm. would like to do this format. Too. I am just going to ask. But I want to you... do it with you guys. But then it's called my show. So I've got my two sidekicks. De- we're Definitely receive. OK with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, everything has to have a story, too. That's why sure. if I did this special and I said because of my Saturday Night Live pass, I'm shooting my special on an open mic where no one knows that I'm doing the special. As a mm-hmm. way, because the, the, the theater set up. I have it tricked out. They won't know that there's anyone because people have cameras and so. You, so spots.
0: you'll just come in. They'll think you're dropping in to do it. Yeah, I'll set.
1: just have notes. Go. What that? What else?
0: Yeah. I think that's brilliant. I think that's a great yeah. idea and that's
2: so, innovative. but you
1: would you would do I'll a little preface I'll just be better. I'll just be better. Otherwise it's like ladies and gentlemen, yeah. <laughs> prepare yourselves for something you've never seen. The greatest comedian in the history of God's world. You know, it's like Yeah, then you come yeah, out yeah. there's yeah. it's like,
2: like flamethrowers and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: The old F Troop thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask real but quick. Yeah, it's been fun. I want to ask
0: real quick because you mentioned uh, that uh, when you would watch Seinfeld and Robin, uh, as far as trying to like using them as a… a Feeling
1: uh, bad about my various deficiencies right. they, compared to them. <laughs> right.
0: But would they ever um, uh, take you aside and give you like… Because uh, you were performing with them, right? So
1: Well, Seinfeld came through a few times. I didn't really hang out with him that much because he was out on the East Coast. Right, okay. To, I'm trying to think who were really mentors to me. Mm. I don't know. You know, I was with Buddy Mora and, and, uh as a manager. He was with Robin, those guys, Mora yeah. Bresner. And they, they would tell me, uh, do, do stuff from your personal life. And I, I just had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah. Well, that's not funny. What do they even, you know? And that took me a long time to do that, you know? But um, they also told me not to do characters, <laughs> and they told Robin to slow down. You know, Whoa, so they yeah. were <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They I'm kidding. Tom, I don't know if they did. Or and no they that. told Tom Selleck to shave the stash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sooner, um,
0: so anyway, how do we close it up? Uh, I, well, we usually have people promote their social media or um, their tour dates, or uh, but mm. if. Danish or, coffee or, coffee or coffee a fun anecdote no.
1: a <laughs> uh, clever limerick we usually have, have <laughs> we usually have I have a limerick there was a lady from Magoo who smeared her privates with glue <laughs> if they pay to get in she said with a grin they'll pay to get out of it too. <laughs> You could do Liam Neeson That's an easy one Because it's just the growl It's just a Liam Neeson growl That's me tired of something This is why I start with the audience I have skills I've acquired (laughs) Skills I've acquired Over 30 years of stand-up comedy That make me a nightmare For an audience like you (laughs) If you laugh No harm will come to you (laughs) But if you don't laugh I could kill you. I'm not kidding. <laughs> anyway, he's just... He, you're just trying to think of who else to do because the fracturing, you know.
0: What about a Tony Danza? That was one of my first
1: impressions. Hey, I'm Tony Danza. No, like, <laughs> As long as you say the name, you're halfway there because I was thinking of going up and going... <laughs> I'm I'm uh, what's his name? I'm Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh yeah. yeah. As long as you say the name, right? People like, go, oh, okay. oh, that's him. Yeah. 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 I'm Benedict
0: Cumberbatch. Hello, I'm Morgan Freeman.
1: Oh, that's him. Yeah. yeah. Morgan Freeman. Well, I had Frank Caliendo come on stage. He, he came by. I'd never met him, so I said, oh, come on up, because I'd be exhausted. I want you mm-hmm. at that point of my yeah. show, and he did, he just Morgan Freeman's like wound down to like some. <laughs> Alien type level you <laughs> Yeah know? And his, yeah, he's kind of He's he's pretty amazing Yeah <laughs> So but they are Called impressions I told my sons that they sh- That's your impression It doesn't have to be perfect Yeah It's right. not a cop- copy machine Yeah You bastards <laughs>
0: uh, you, you want We close with a, a A church lady Thanking us for being On the About Last Night
1: podcast It's called About Last Night Yeah mm-hmm. Well 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 <laughs> We decided to have a podcast <laughs> No one's ever thought Of doing that before <laughs> How unique, creative minds come together. Let's get a laptop, a couple mics, travel around, make some radio. <laughs> about last night. Well, that portends there was some naughtiness last night. Some drunken revelry and body parts and fluids were swapping and moving all over Jesus's area. We don't care too much about the Lord art. <laughs>
2: Thanks, Dana. Dana, thank you so still much. Still a buddy. fun
1: character to do. It's kind of <laughs> trite and hacky, but there's oh. something about it that's still. I think a lot of my characters are passive aggressive, kind of like me, and I, I I created them to reduce anxiety and feel more powerful. Who wouldn't want to be like Hans and Franz? Yeah, we yeah. have our little microphones, <laughs> our puny hands are grabbing them, and our little, our little girly girlies. But
0: which one of them are you closest to? Who is Dana close uh, closest to? Church lady or
2: Wow? This is like some inside the yeah, 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 yeah shit.
0: What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> What's the church lady's favorite curse word? Mm.
1: Mm. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> Uh, gosh, <laughs> my favorite was <laughs> one of my favorites was I uh, was doing uh, Johnny Carson with uh, with Phil Hartman because that was the only time on Saturday Night Live that I didn't care if I got a laugh because I thought this is so funny that I don't even care if they think it's funny because it was the dryness of for those right. of you at home that don't know there's uh, you're watching a television <laughs> and uh, we're we're being broadcast over a little wire. So that was that was a fun one, Phil. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Know, I'm I'm rambling now. No, we
0: do. We could talk to you forever. What this is incredible. <laughs>
1: um, well, so go go
0: see Dana live. You'll be you're still telling. I, right? I do.
1: It? I have um, my uh, wife's Irish cousin set up my social media Great. thing. I wanted to do it so I wouldn't be a grumpy old man. Wait, yeah. no, we didn't need <laughs> nothing of it. You don't want it. And you I conform. see it now. You know, I have. Um, you got the Instagram. On Instagram. I have um, the film noir of Mister Orange. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, we just met the whole cast this is, this is a big you've deal you've seen
1: the whole cast look at all the instagram <laughs> you get all the updates and i just have a hard time with the idea i mean i like people that follow me and stuff but i have a hard time with um tweeting well you're supposed to like bring them in like mm-hmm. we're in this together and you know right. I, at the end of my stand-up special i'd have i'd be kind of tearing up i couldn't have done it without you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and i just i have a hard time doing that but maybe i should be doing it I mean, but I'm everywhere. I'm all over the world. Yes. Yeah, Face, Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, you and uh, and
2: soon starting his own podcast with Brad Williams and Adam. Brad. <laughs> yeah, here's a first. phrase
1: I love, and I don't no. know. It's kind of 19th century British thing. Mm-hmm. What you suggest is nothing short of madness. <laughs> the funny part is nothing short of madness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good day, dude. I
0: think that was a short joke,
1: uh, Brad. How dare you! Short sir. of madness, how dare you? Sir. And that's when you say good day to yourself. <laughs> good day, which is basically fuck yourself in British speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so thanks for having me. You're the best. Uh, about Thank last you. night. About last night. Thanks for coming to the bunker. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> for having from. us. Um, every 58 minutes, the electromagnetic locks will release you. you will be able to leave. You uh, probably yeah, have timing. a little bit of time. Good. You have yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, stay yeah. here. So. I it. To thanks, all our David. ships. See, and all our sailors and all our men. I don't know, I have a British thing going on right now. <laughs> this is Paul McCartney for About Last Night. I'm just doing tags with... This is Paul McCartney for About Last Night. You know, if you want to do a groovy podcast, triumph for you is a good old song. It's almost like Bing Crosby. All right. Thank you very Thanks, much, Dana. ladies and gentlemen. Thanks and good night.
0: So, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in. We had live.
2: Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow, endometriosis will spread. Why are you waiting? The CIGC specialists use exclusive laparoscopic techniques to treat complex GYN conditions. You don't need to suffer from abnormal bleeding or pelvic pain. Book a consultation at innovativegyn.com or call 888 888- surgery.